What's up, everybody? I got my best bud, Colin, here, who's going to tell us all about his life in soccer and everything like that. So, Colin, why don't you jump right into it? Tell us about uh, your... How'd you get into soccer? Oh, man. This is a story. So, I'm here. I'm listening. My father is from Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. So, soccer was his life. And where we grew up, it was not soccer, basically, at all. So, um, when so I... So, you were born in Trinidad? No, I was born in Pennsylvania, actually. Okay. And... There's no soccer there. Yeah, not really. Okay. Like, if you wanted to play soccer, you had to go out of the city somewhere to play. So, it was like, um, my dad wanted to give us something to keep us away from trouble, basically. Okay. Just gotcha. to keep us out of trouble. Gotcha. So, uh, I started playing about, like, six, like, just a park district, you know, like, Jean Schultz and Shin Guards kind of thing, and then, like, <laughs> once I got to about ten, like, that's when I tried out for my first traveling team, and, uh, what it was was, uh, Penn State, how they have, like, a, uh, what they call it, like, they have a main campus and they have branch campus as well. Okay. So, one of the coaches for the branch campus for the Penn State soccer team was my club team coach. So wow. that's how I started off. Like I tried out, made the team, and then everything went up from there. So it's been this is crazy too. I've been playing soccer for a long time. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I didn't. How actually, old were you then? I was about when I made my first traveling team. I was eleven. Okay. And then Quavis tried out for his first traveling team, and he was about nine. So, so Quavis is your older brother, younger brother, younger Quavis brother, two years younger than me. Okay, gotcha. Um, we were. There, we were in Pennsylvania playing until I was 12, and then we moved to Illinois. And do you have other siblings? Yeah, so I have a half-brother and a half-sister. Gotcha. My half-brother... Did they play soccer? My half-brother did. Okay. He was, he was pretty much what we call the physical player. Like, he was super fast, super strong, and he could finish, but... The actual game of soccer was not his forte. It was more like, I can run people down, I can score, I can out-muscle people, but I don't know what one team does soccer is. He didn't care. Gotcha. Well, um, he played until he hit high school, and then he was done. Okay. My sister did. She didn't play soccer. She didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you started not 11 years old. Yeah. Your younger brother starts at 9. You guys are playing for this club. How long did you play at that club? A couple years. A couple um, years and not it was long enough that like we had still have friends that people like on that team we still call friends gotcha and family as well um so there when we were there uh we both played up several years which i did not know until i moved here mm-hmm. so uh when i was there i tried out for odp when i was 11 i did not make it then i tried out the next year and I ended up making it so I've been playing ODP a year up for a long time. Okay. So I ended up making the regional team there for the U13 team, and then I moved here, and then I tried out again. So I was still playing a year up for ODP. Okay. Uh, so I, it was weird meeting all those same guys I just tried out with at a national camp and ended up uh, making it there, here. So what? So when did you move here? 1998. And how Okay, so you, okay, all right, and you played ODP here? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I played ODP here. For how long? Oh, man, from 
years old. Yeah, so he looks when I was about 16, 17. Gotcha. Probably played with some good players there. Oh, man, that's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> some guys, like, you would think that are would be pros now, and then some guys that weren't that good then that are fantastic now. Isn't that interesting how that works? Because I, I recognize the same thing growing up. You know, there was kids that I played with and seen that were just so visible, like, just so talented. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously they should be playing in the MLS or some of these, like a German league or... Because or, well. Yeah. Or they get burned out or they find other things to do in life. And True. It was like, uh, my whole deal was just survive, basically. Because <laughs> I, I was like one of those kids that like, I was real small when I lived, like when I was younger, like I had to, since I didn't know I was playing up, I just figured I was slower than everybody. Uh-huh. I was just not as strong, so I had to be smarter. Then when I moved here, and they were like, well, you got to play your own age. So I was like, all right. And then I realized I was way bigger than most people and way faster than most people. So I was like, oh, okay. So I just did that. And then once everybody caught up, I was like, what do you do now? Like, I can't do that. So what do you do? You just have to adjust your game and then keep playing. Like, if you want to keep playing with the best, you have to. Yeah. That's what I ended up having to do. Like, I was, I was still real fast, but everybody else was too. Yeah. So you just have to be able to be smarter. Right. And that's when you see a lot of guys I played ODP with that were so good young and then everybody caught up physically. And yep. It's like they don't know what to do. Yeah, because when they're, when they're physically, when they have a, a physical advantage at such a young age, they don't necessarily develop the soccer brains nope. or, or the little things that, uh, that the little guys can use as an advantage. And then by the time, like you're saying, by the time they, they get, get older that. and the phys- physicality matches – it's, they're it's at a disadvantage. It's already too late. So if you yeah. grow up playing one and two touch soccer and you're running and you're faster, and then once you get older and then you still have that same game, you're already a step ahead of people. Yeah. So you already know how, what to do. Hundred percent. That's a that's one of the biggest things I see now is that yeah, kids are just so fast, but can they move with the play? When can they play against older players like that? Right. That's the other thing too. Is like you can do all that stuff against people your own age. But once you're playing against men, that little that little stuff that you do there is not gonna work. Right. That's that's what I love to see is like kids playing against grown men. <laughs> that's that's how we grew that's up. That's the test. Yes, that's how we grew up. Like yeah. at Magic, we had to play against like grown men at the Odeon. Like our coaches didn't care. No. Like you had to win. Like that was the deal. Find a way to win. Right. It's like you know, that's it's been a weird journey for some. <laughs> So I, I think you touched on an important thing there for uh, for kids that are, let's say, between the ages of 9 and 15 years old that aren't quite there physically. Though, for those kids, you can't get discouraged. Not at you, all. You have to think long term. And that's one of the things that I tell my players that I, I train all the time is like, you have to be patient. You have to have a, a long term mentality. Because if you get discouraged because of physicality, you're, you're never going to make it. Prime example, Jonathan Spector. Okay. Jonathan Spector, when I first met him, we were really young. He was a really tiny child. Okay. Like, he was not, I guess, far as skill-wise and physicality, he was good, but he wasn't a great player. Mm-hmm. Like, it took him a little while to get, once he got, like, set into his body and he understood the game of soccer, he was 
gone. But yeah. that wasn't until we hit about 15, 16 years old that that happened. And he just kept going with it. And there was some guys that were just like that from the get-go. Yeah. But that's one guy I was like, great kid, but he kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And that man played at Man United for a while. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, American players don't do that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. You have to be relentless. Yeah. Even if you're a little guy, you know. It, it even more so, like, uh, that's the same thing with uh, my brother. Like, he was real tiny for a long time. Okay. But skill-wise, he was still really good on the ball because he yeah. had to be. And then all of a sudden, he went from, like, 5'7 to 6'2. <laughs> and it's like, he still had those same skills, but it still took him a little while to grow into his body. But I see. it's like one of those things, like, if you don't develop everything at a young age, mm-hmm. once you get older, regardless if you get bigger or you stay the same, you yeah. it's not, it's it'll only help you. Absolutely. Now, your brother had a pretty interesting career. Oh, my God. It's, it's well, before we talk about his career, I want to talk about your career. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, so you so you played ODP yep. through your teens. Was that like, you played at Magic as well? Yes. Um, tell me about your experience with Chicago Magic at like ages 15, 16, 17. How that compared to ODP? What the competition was like? So, how was that experience? So I will say this as far as the struggle. Practice at Chicago Magic was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to experience in my entire life. And wasn't it, was it not like the one thing that like made you a good player? Oh, absolutely. So it was, absolutely. I did a lot of training on my own with just me and my brother and my dad. So like as far as foot skills, that stuff, like that kind of stuff never stopped. Now. Is that, was that like a daily thing? Oh, absolutely. Daily. We only have practice for a club Tuesdays and Thursdays. I mean, between the ages of 12 and like 18, can, how, many, how many days? Every day. How many days did you not touch a soccer ball? Oh, um, like five? Probably. Maybe 10? I will tell you, right, uh, the only times that I was not practicing was if we had games or if. No, I'm saying not touch a soccer ball. Oh, not touch a soccer ball at all? That doesn't happen. Right? Maybe happen. five times. Maybe, maybe not maybe at all. Maybe not at all. Winter time, like I'm maybe. thinking like. Christmas, yeah, if your parents are dragging you around to family and friends, like if there's a day you're not touching a soccer ball as a kid and you think you're gonna go make it, it's, like it's you a, have to touch the ball every single day. It's a weird concept now that you put it that way because now I think about it, holy crap, there probably wasn't a day that I didn't touch a soccer ball. See, that's what I'm I saying. I think the only time I wasn't playing because I once I hit high school, I think that's where things got weird because uh, I was a year ahead of everybody for high school you went beast mode. so i like kind of so i graduated a year earlier than i was supposed to so once i hit high school um it was high school soccer okay i was also in band as well okay and then it would transition into club gotcha but at the same here's a the messed up part when you're in oep it's all year round so okay. you still have to train and be fit for that regardless of what you're doing so yeah if you, even if you're in high school and they pull you out you better be fit and you better be well yeah uh, touched on the ball gotcha so we played uh i think i did not go to residency like quays i was in the national team pool for that but okay. i did not get to go to residency like quays did gotcha um i played i was on the regional team from ages 13 to 18 
every year. Same thing. It was a grind. So that's the biggest thing that he, that was so easy for me because I played at Magic. It was just like every day you wake up, you practice. I was like, all right, easy. Because every time you went to practice for Magic, it was so physically, mentally hard. Not just from the coaches, but from your own teammates. Yeah. Because everybody was on the same page. You were there to win. If you weren't there to win, we didn't want you. We could yeah. be friends, but we, we didn't want you on the field. And that was back in the day when, like, there was no academy. No. There was no academies. This was just a general club. Yes. This was just a club team. Yep. And you, I mean, you guys were grinding it every was, single day. It was, a, it was, so basically. So, let me tell you something. Today's club teams don't do that. I they can, maybe in the academy, maybe at these top tier for the for the youth ages, but general clubs today, it's yeah. it's no, Candyland soccer. We we could have been you could have been beaten by any club team, where it was like it didn't matter who you were. Like uh, we generally for practice was two hours. You warmed up and then you just got right into the ground over and over and over and over. And our coach's philosophy was this: it was. There's at no point in your life where your games be harder than your practice. So you're always prepared for anything that ever comes your way. And we were, for the most part, yeah, we were. There were sometimes like things would happen. And yeah. It's like, oh, God, fuck. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Or like bad. Of course, that always happens. But like, like in sports in general. Generally, we played a lot of soccer. Like, that's, we that's did good. regular league, we had Y League, we had State Cup, we had regionals. Like, we, it was just a lot. Oh. So you're in the national pool. Yeah. You're was, you're approach let's say you're approaching 17, 18, 19 years old. Did you did college coaches start reaching out to you? How did that whole process work? I so I don't even know if they have this still. So um I didn't actually get any like high looks until I got accepted into this camp over the summer called Adidas ESP. Cool. It was an elite soccer program. So cool. they took about 150 kids all over the country and they just basically I'm not gonna lie they just gave you a ton of free shit you go you practice with a team you play games and the whole field when you play games was lined with chairs for coaches to watch you and that's where I got so much exposure gotcha like this, because I was playing with you're playing with um, when I got it when I went I was a junior in high school okay so you're playing with guys okay let me give you an idea of who was yeah, there, but I went. Brad Gazan was there. Gotcha. And so, he grew up where I grew up. Yeah. He grew up in Homer Glen, where he, I grew up. All those guys that were his age, uh, and a little bit older and a little bit younger, were with in that pool. Mm-hmm. And there are some guys there that are were just absolutely phenomenal. Like, I was lucky. Like, it was like one thing, one part of my mind was like, I'm lucky to even be here. And the second part of me was like, Everybody's gonna remember this day. Like you remember me on this field. Like I'm gonna chase you down. I'm gonna get a hard tackle or something. Like it's gonna that's, be rough. Like, that's the mentality. Let me ask you this: How did you get accepted into that camp? Because I, I think a lot of the audience, or at least the par- parents in the audience right now, like they want to know how do I get these kids into these camps. So the one thing about playing with Magic is that you're always playing soccer and you're always exposed to people. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that we had was a good network of coaches and players so not only that is uh being an odp i was always talking to coaches always always talking to players it didn't matter what state they were from we were always uh being able to engage with people so if you're a quiet kid 
you are not going to go very far. Gotcha. But I was always talking that to person people, talking to someone. Talking to coaches. Talk, yeah, was, I always always had friends from other states, like because I would remember like uh, playing against them, or just guys that you were so used to playing against all the time. You see them like, hey, what's up, dude? Like this, that, and then you see a coach that recognized you in a game, and like you talk to them too. So it's just a lot of. Uh, oh, you remember this guy, this guy, this guy, and people uh, recommend. So that to get into that program, you had to be recommended. Gotcha. Um, which was a huge honor for me, and I'm not going to lie, I was so happy. I was so happy, dude. It was a, about uh, four days of just soccer. So the best part about that was not just a soccer. They made you take classes while you were there to okay. get you give you an experience of how it would be like in college as well. I see. So um, not only Interesting. did they have you do that, you had to do seminars with special guest stars too. So they had Bruce Arena came in, Tony Sane came in. This was, this was back in like 2002. Sure. Like, those guys were like awesome. Jurgen Klinsmann came in at one point. Holy cow. Uh, it, was, it was a good experience, but it was rough. It was a rough couple of days. Gotcha. I think the classes were the rough. <laughs> It was a like I took a math class that was fine. I took a science class, and I decided to take a logic class. And I have never hated a man so much. And it wasn't even like I didn't need. I felt everyone had the same thought when they left class. Like you were like when you left class, you were an idiot. You were really, really a stupid human being. When you got to class, you're like you felt good about yourself. Then he would start talking to you, and then he would ask questions. And then you would leave, like, you would just, most, there was a bunch of guys that would just, that left just like this. <laughs> just, just because it was just everything that you thought that you knew, you didn't know anything. You didn't know anything. And he was trying to prove that, like, if you come in with a mentality that you are the smartest person in the room, very quickly you will realize that you are not. Gotcha. And that's like, wow, life lessons right there. So you, this is how you got picked. So this camp. Yeah. That's how you got picked up for, to go to college. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And what which college was it? I ended up going to Western Kentucky University. Okay. And that was a, I wasn't even actually on that radar until, um, it was a weird thing. So their coach contacted me. I had no idea who he was. He, only reason he knew me is because of my club coach. And then he started watching me. And then that's what the weirdness comes in is that after I got accepted to go there, his son ended up playing with Cuevas. Interesting. So it's it was just like a weird experience there. And at the same time, it was like, this is a weird team. But it was it was like playing for my own club team. Like the same style, same mentality. Gotcha. And how'd you guys do? <sighs> Middle of the table. Middle of the table. Not that good. Yeah. I played one year there. Okay. Came home. It was a a weird situation at seventeen, being in college, and I just lost my mind. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> that's a lot. No, so that's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of stress. Like if I had a, if I was eighteen or nineteen, I'd have been fine. But seventeen, and I was like the first kid to go to college, and I was just like stress. Like you felt was, out of place. I was not only just out of place, but I was like so far from home. Sure. I had no idea what was going on. Sure. So it was just yeah. like. Now, if I did that, I'd be like, it's going on adult now. When you're a kid, you don't know. So tell me about your brother's uh, career. How'd that go? Let me, let me start off by this. Okay. So <laughs> he will tell you differently. I will tell you this. Gotcha. When we were growing up, we had... 
are you are you and your brother like this like me and my brother we we were for we were then we weren't then we were again so okay. it was like, that's how that's that's how me and my brother it was a long struggle so when we were growing <clears> up like uh we were a pretty close-knit family okay and then we started having problems with my older brother okay like he was a very angry kid mm-hmm. so that turned into when we moved I always felt like I grew up without an older brother. So when I moved here, I was like, well, I'm going to make it so that Quavis never has to feel like that. So anything I did soccer-wise, I would always tell Quavis, like, hey, like, if, you, if you're if you not better than this, then you're worthless. Gotcha. <laughs> so you were, you were paving the path for Quavis. I very and, much paved a, a short path but he freaking stormed through. Awesome. Like a freaking champ so yeah good okay anytime like uh so like i remember the first time we won a state cup i was like if you guys want if your team doesn't win a state cup yo you need to get on that track so yeah. it ended up being the same thing for him like anytime we practice together i would always beat on him just so that he knew that like the biggest thing for me was if he could beat me then he could beat pretty much anyone absolutely and I, like it even came out like I was like, "Yo, you're embarrassing me if you're not beating this player." Like, so he took from you, like he, he took from you and implemented it into yeah. his. He was always system or his team. Like he, he, he whether it was consciously or subconsciously, like he took yeah. your mentality and basically implemented it into. And it was it was the same thing with my dad too. It was like you, you can only he. My dad had the same mentality as like you can only beat yourself. Yeah. So if you think about it on a bigger scale, it's like, yes, it's an 11 people aside, it's a team sport, but in that chain of people playing, if you have guys that are just mentally not fit enough, uh-huh. it, the whole thing's on you. Yeah. And like, that's the one thing with Quave is like, physically fit, mentally fit, and always wanted to get better. He, now, where he struggled was he wasn't as uh, good on the ball. Okay. So that's where we did we vary in different things. So I can play pretty much any position with the exception of forward. I hate playing forward. Okay. He is a runner. Okay. You put him in a position where he can high space find, take off. Not even just that, but like he, he he's relentless. Like he will just keep running at you full speed. So he can play anywhere down the line and forward. Gotcha. And uh, once that was how he ended up being on a national team. That. It was a weird thing that, so like, there was the guy that was supposed to go, he got hurt, mm. and then Quavis got accepted to go to residency. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was just a grind that he had to put, that they had to put him through if he wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. And he more than, more than happy to accept that challenge. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he, it was weird because I didn't see him for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it turned from this kid that was just so used to just kick and run and he was kicking and run and he was just better at it than most to a guy that can hold the ball, turn, pass, move. Like it was just, it was a weird experience to see him do all that. And he was just stronger. Like he was, he was just a stronger person. When, like, at what age did you realize like, okay, this kid's gonna like, he's good. Um, when he hit, so when I was about 16, okay, I was like, he was about, he was 14 and I watched him play at a game and he was just a monster. Like he was just a monster. And I'm like, I was thinking, I was like, I'm so glad that's we awesome. play the same. Cause I would, I would have to hurt him to not lose. Like, right. That's how it came out to be. Like we're, 
we are competitive in every shape of everything we do, mm-hmm. whether it be ping pong, whether it be video games, anything. So like watching him play, I was like, damn it, I did too much. <laughs> I don't think I can recover from this. Like he's already well past what I was. Like he was just, a, like he was not only just a good kid, he was just really, really, really strong-willed. Yeah. So he goes to the national pool. He yeah. goes to the residency. Then what, what, where, where does his career take him from there? So when he was uh, in residency, like he played a lot. He was a starter for the national team, scored massive amounts of goals for them. Uh, then it came to when they graduated, he didn't, he wanted to know, like, so we had a family discussion about this. Like he wanted to know whether he should go to college or go pro. And I was like, man, if you don't go pro, you're an idiot. Like if you have that chance, you can always go back to school. Like no one's stopping you from doing that. Lots of people are going to stop you from going pro. Like that's a chance. If you have that chance, even if it's a slim chance, take it. I like that. I like that. What he ended up doing was signing with uh, the league and then he went to the draft and he ended up getting picked up by LA Galaxy in the draft. I remember even getting the phone call and he was like, I got picked. I was like, what? I'm at work. I was like shouting into the phone at work and everybody's looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, my brother just got picked up by the guy. Nobody knows who that is while I was at work. They're like, I don't know what that is. I was like, he's a professional soccer player. They're like, soccer, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. And like, that's where I could just see like, that was a, once he got picked up by LA, it was like, now he was focused, not just to, that he was a professional soccer player, but he carried himself like that as well. And he was determined to stay there. Gotcha. So that's another thing, too. Once you get there... It's because... Here's the thing. MLS, like... The average amount of time a pro spends in MLS is like three years. Yeah, like, tops. You know what I mean? If you make it past two or three years, then you're probably then you're probably going to be there for ten yeah. years. But that first one, two years is critical. So he played at LA for two years. Okay. And they ended up getting traded to DC for a year. Okay. And then... I can't remember what it was. I think it was due to not playing a lot. He ended up moving down and um, to the USL. Okay. And then once he played at the USL, he was just, it was like more of a bouncing around kind of thing. We bounced around a little bit, but like not, not a lot. So I think he was at Minnesota. He was at um, Portland. And then he was at Rochester. Gotcha. I think those were his, his last years were at Rochester there. Okay. And then that was, that's just a grind. The yeah. USL is a grind. Gotcha. So guys that play, I think, I think guys that play in the USL for a long period of time are just monsters. Like there's, that's a, that's like college grind to the ultimate level. Yeah. It's just, it was rough. So I just, the other thing I will say too is that um, once you get to that level, you have to take care of your body. That's and key. That's that's, that's the, one of the hardest things. Yeah. Because then you have to you have to associate. Well, if you get hurt, can you keep playing through it? If you get injured, how do you recover? Yeah, on that level now, it's like if you take the time off to recover, somebody can take your spot. Uh-huh. So it's just one of those things. It's like if you get injured, if it's bad enough, take the time off. If it's not your body will recover, but you better push 
and keep going. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that was the one thing I was like, his body is just destroyed. Now. Really? Not, it's just his feet. Well, yeah. I can't even say it's just his feet. His feet are pretty messed up. Like, wow. I think he was broken between both, both feet broken eight times. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Like where it's, <laughs> two is a lot for me. Eight is just, is ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's, it's it, it took a lot of toll on his feet. So your fam- your family's been through almost everything. Yeah. That uh, you can, I mean, really, your family's been through everything you could think of in U.S. soccer. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's basically what it was. A lot of, um, a lot of traveling, a yeah. lot of driving, yeah. a lot of, a lot of everything. Like, there was a lot of times that our parents didn't go or they didn't have enough time off work. There was mm-hmm. a lot of times where we spent as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a lot of overseas trips as well. Okay. That was a new experience. Um, my first overseas trip was to Guadalajara, Mexico. Gotcha. With the national team. Cool. That was awesome. Cool. Also learned that don't drink water <laughs> from other countries unless you know it's safe. Uh one of the biggest things I learned from that whole overseas experience is nobody cares who the hell you are because sure. they don't know you. Right. So if they don't know you, don't walk on a field like you own the place because very quickly you will understand that they don't care. Gotcha. So the other thing too is American players, uh, well, how it used to be when I was younger, um, they did not like American players. You had to prove to them that you deserve to be on that field. Like, yeah. I I think the most uncomfortable... I think at that time, like, it was very much... The USA was not known for good soccer. 100%. I mean, especially back then, I was like, you're from America? You you don't know what soccer is. Like, yeah. you can't play soccer. It was... You know, and... It was like that every time we touched a soccer ball. Absolutely. I think the one time... The one time where uh, I played on a stage where everybody hated you, and then by the end of the tournament, we were just, we were loved. It was in Italy. Okay. When we went to Italy. We played in a tournament for the regional team, and it was, um, it was like a, it was an international tournament. So basically, like, they had a lot of Italian youth club teams. Okay. That were there, and they were really good. Gotcha. So we ended up being grouped with Juventus's youth team, Holy who steamrolled us. Like no way. It was two zero. But it didn't feel like two zero. It felt more like, like five zero, it, six zero. I felt more like ten plus <laughs> zero. Like they missed a lot of chances, and then by the time that we got to play them again in our semifinal game, it was a whole different dynamic. Like okay. the, the crowd, like actually, like cheered for us. Like when we first got there, like people were booing us. Like so, like, it was just like, oh, this is what we got to deal with here. Like yeah, this is our coach literally was like. This is how it's going to be here. Like, you guys have to prove to them that, like, you deserve to be here. Wow. And it was just a lot. It was, it was a hard, it was a hard thing to deal with. That, ooh, excuse me, that one in uh, Costa Rica. Gotcha. We went to Costa Rica. That was a international tournament with um, club teams and national teams. Okay. So, uh, we had the four regions go down there, and they had Brazil's national team was there. Panama's national team was there. Uh, I think Puerto Rico had a team there as well. Costa Rica's national team was there. There was a couple other ones, but the notable one was Brazil and Costa Rica. Those two teams were incredible. 
So you guys played well? Uh, we did not get grouped with Brazil. That was a freaking godsend. <laughs> uh, Region 1 got grouped with Brazil and they lost 5-0. to zero. Wow. Um, Costa Rica beat our Region 5-0. <coughs> we ended up uh, beating Panama 2-0. We smoked Puerto Rico and we lost to some team. I remember the team that we lost to. They knocked us out. But I just... Wait, so you mentioned these... These parents were, or these, the crowd was clapping for you guys and cheering. Yeah. You about, like, what, did you have a good game? What, what was that about? It was more of like uh, the way we, we, the first time we played, we, we were so timid. Okay. Because we have never played in a field where like we were, it was a stadium like packed. Like it was like people everywhere. And I had never played in a place like that where it's like, no, I, no one spoke English there. And if they did, I didn't know. And, they were just you didn't know so like every time we touched a ball it was like it was basically a shit show like it was like fuck like who's not gonna fuck up when we get the ball wow so we were already like after our first game we were just like devastated and then after that like we were just as a team we were just like yo we're gonna lose at least lose like with some dignity so every game after that was just a grind like we got so I'm, I'm i'm super interested in this because yeah. like first game let, let's say you're intimidated right new yeah. environment ton of people like there's an intimidation factor there you guys didn't play well how did you change from that how did you change the mentality going into the second game our coach was real mad <laughs> okay <laughs> he was real mad uh not only just our coach but like uh i was pissed off and i was one of the captains and like we were all angry because we we you knew you were better than that. Yeah, we were way better than yeah, that. We didn't sure. understand why until then we understood one thing. Like, the name does not matter. Gotcha. What matters is what they produce on the field. And even if they do, if they are better than you, you show you. If you're going to get beat in the game of soccer, at least don't get outworked. Gotcha. And that's what the so biggest you, thing you was. You changed like, the mentality. You simplified it. Well, we knew we weren't going to be able to play actual soccer with them. So we just outworked a lot of the teams. Like, that was the thing that they just... They're not used to people being down their throat like that all the time, and that's why. Just, and that's yeah. why the crowd was clapping. They're like, oh, absolutely! Props to these guys. These came in. They came in to work. Basically. Going in for tackles, hard sliding in like super crazy people, and that's awesome. Chasing guys down, like it was just a whole different mentality. And they could see that. So when we actually played Juventus the second time, they had a harder time playing against us because we weren't the same team. We we actually ended up tying and we lost some penalty kicks. Wow. Like I sucked. Well, that was a terrible way to lose. Wow. Because Cuevas' team was at a different tournament in Italy, and they lost to Juventus in penalty kicks as well. So it was just like, <laughs> it's it was that was a rough it was a rough tournament, but it was a good experience to see like how youth teams in other countries are. Yeah. Because they pick guys that are that are basically being groomed to be the next generation in that club. Mm-hmm. So what the guys that we play, every time that they win a ball, it's their futures on the line. Mm-hmm. And it's different for, it was basically, it was really different for us. So like their life is this ball, like yeah. this life is this game. Like yeah. Every time they miss a pass, that's part of their future that they see going down the drain. Every time that, I mean, if in real, if you think about it realistically, every time we miss a pass when we were there, it was just like, oh, well, we played against Juventus, who gives a shit? Like, that's basically what it is. Like, it's not wow. going to be this. It's not the same mentality. Now, once you change your mentality and it's like that every time you play, 
then you understand that you everything is on the line every time you make a pass. Everything's on the line every time you make a shot. Or every, it's just it's a different mindset. And once you understand that mindset, your entire game changes. Yeah, your entire lifestyle yeah, changes. Just like every time you play, you practice, it's the same way. Yeah, every time it's just if you're if you're on the field and you know that if you fuck up, someone else is going to take your spot. Yeah. The way you play changes. Okay. Well, let me, let me ask you this and, and we're, we're closing in on time here, mm-hmm. but we, in my mind, we got these club teams in the U S right now, right? You, obviously you got the academies and the top clubs, but let's say, let's talk about the, these middle of the road clubs, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't have the coaches and the atmosphere that is demanding like you're talking about, but right? you can create it. So that's my question. For the parents that are watching this and their kids are in that tier right there, right? How do they implement that mentality into their kid or the team? Or do you do you have a suggestion for Yeah, I actually have a couple. Okay. So the biggest thing that creates that environment is your interaction with your coach. Your parents have to have minimal interaction with your coach. Minimal? Yes, minimal. Because you got to understand this. The parents aren't, it's not their decision. It's the kid's decision and it's the coach's decision. So if there's going to be any communication as to playing time, where they should play, that should only be between the coach and the player. Because you got to remember that a parent can say one thing, but a kid can show another thing. So if you have a parent that's like, oh, this kid plays forward, but clearly this kid's going to a midfielder, that's where he's going to have to be used. Uh, the other thing too is, as a kid, you're you have to have a focus. So if your focus is just playing the game, play on a team where that's acceptable. If you want to win, play in a team where winning is the main focus. But then you have to understand the mindset of everybody else on that team. If you have players around you that are that are just not there to win or to play to their best ability, you have to let them know. And I don't mean parents telling a kid or that I, I mean like you have to be as a teammate and as a friend tell them like if you're not here to play with me you just go somewhere else right so that the whole thing is you basically have to create I mean it's got it's going to be a friendly environment because it's soccer everybody's there to play this great game right but at the same time you have to almost make it like a lion's den like if you get thrown in there can you survive that atmosphere and then put that onto the field. So 100%. you want, if you're in, because um, I've played against teams growing up where that were not good club teams, mm-hmm. but they had such hardworking players when they played against us because they did not want to lose. Right. So that mentality of not wanting to lose will fuel a lot of kids. Like you just have to force them to work hard every practice. Right. Not this it. I understand that it's a game you have to have fun. Yeah. But for you to progress in the game and if you want to get better and if you can't make one of those academy teams, you have to show a coach that you might not have the skill yet, but the heart's but there. Your yes, but your heart has to be there. Yeah. That's that, that that's the big thing. For for kids that are 12, 13 years old, you know, you're you're even 11 and 10 years old. You're coming out of a stage where soccer's fun. Yeah. And you're getting into the stage where soccer is about competing. Yeah. And when you go to practice, if you're in this middle of the line tier, you need to go to practice to compete. Period. You know, and yes. that's that's tough to explain to a young kid. Like, uh, 
yeah, today you have to have the mindset of break Johnny's leg. You know, like that's like literally that's how practice was for me. Like if you miss tackles, like you got to remember that when you're in practice, that's how you're going to perform in a game. Yes. Like that's exactly like if you're going in half-assed, but on the other side of that, you got to think about this too. If you pull your tackles and your teammates, when you go into games, players are not going to pull their tackles. So you're not helping them at all. Right. I'm not saying go into tear someone's ACL. No, of course. At the same time, they have to be prepared to take right. full-on tackles. They have to be able to take body shots from people. So if you're if you're one of those people that are like, I don't want to hurt them through my friend, you're not helping them at all. Right. Like you have to you have to play to the best of your ability. And when you do that, everybody else will start doing that too. So right. if everybody's playing to the best of their ability, you create such a hard atmosphere for players that just kind of want to half-ass it to be in like they, they just get eliminated and that's how it was for my club team our coach didn't cut kids right we cut them right if you came into our team and you half-ass it we, we we let you know right off the back don't come back yeah like it, he didn't he just put him in he's like this is a new guy let's see how this goes and yeah. then we ran through drills and everything if you couldn't compete with us bye yeah we let you know yeah and it's just, that was how it was yeah we had the same group of players and every player that came in came from another club they added something to the game right that's that's i think the biggest thing growing up is the grind and you have to accept it from a young age and i will not lie that was the one thing i miss about playing soccer is that everyday grind going in and competing 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 and coming out and that was fun like that literally was fun for me absolutely well colin we're up on time dude thank you man i appreciate it that's why I do show doing this. <laughs> there we go. Colin, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.